You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the couch rotatoes <laughs> i'm alex morrison and we're here and it is halloween season once again which means we are doing halloween episodes all month long baby oh yeah oh yeah we gotta keep the halloween spirit up it's not like we're doing we, we might do like a Christmas episode between all the shows. I don't know, actually, not to do any spoilers. I you think know who doesn't do Thanksgiving episodes? Nobody. No, let's do a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. We could do... Uh, How the Whites lied about Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, I was going to say we could do a watch-along to Thanksgiving. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably start drinking by then. <laughs> no, I've only seen that movie once, like, years ago when I was, like, a young teen. Yeah. Thanksgiving, um... There's a part two and three. The problem is they introduced part three first. I remember reading about that. I completely forgot about that, though. No one knows what part two is about. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Gillian, part three. And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. Did I miss part two? We could also do an episode on trauma films. Oh, yeah. Like old Toxie. I yeah. remember seeing that pretty young and that leaving an impression of like the that was like the first fucked up superhero. <laughs> yeah. like a, a lot. Those, those movies are really good when you're like. When you're right at the right age of like 14 and 15. That's around the time I saw maybe and, a little younger. And then you can kind of brace yourself for like the more crazier ones later on. Especially if you decided that horror is your thing. Yeah. Then you start getting into uh, Tokyo Gore Police and like other terrible, terrible movies. Well, see, you, you realized you liked horror pretty early on. Yeah, when I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I liked horror early on. The only thing I knew I liked early on was Frankenstein. Yeah, so like the cool thing about those old ones is back in the day when those first came out, the Draculas, the Mummy, Frankenstein, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. The original Universal. Yeah, yeah. Those were legitimately scary to people. They, mm-hmm. th- at that time, If you, you know, it's kind of hard to say it, but like put yourself in that mindset because, um, I mean, you talked about it before. Yeah, about- uh, go, actually, uh, last year's uh, Couch Potatoes, yeah. we, ran, we did a whole episode on Universal Monsters, yeah. so go check that out if you guys want to. Yeah, and it's a good little throwback because... Um, and we kind they, of break down each monster and what it meant to society at that point and what the allegory and the mirror of it was. So, like, what we think of horror, you know, at that time of, you know, body horror, torture, stuff like stuff we kind of find repugnant now, you know, when we see horror movies, it's like, oh, my God, how could they do that? Turn of the century, 1899, 1900, 1799, 1800. That's part of religion. Like, that's literally part of, like, the Spanish Inquisition, you know, the the, the, uh, the Italian Revolution, you know. This is like, it's like yeah, we're going to torture people who aren't Christians. Or even going further back, we're going to torture people who are Christians. It's yeah. like, it's, it's it, body horror is the one of the many pillars of society that we have to have. Uh, Wait, pillar of society that we have to have? Yes, it's uh, it's... We are uh, so off track from what the title of this episode I is, but I, I still want you like, to keep going. But like, <laughs> the, the sociology of it is, we need to see bad shit. Okay, we need to see bad things. You know, back in the day, it was public executions, public hangings. You know, ripping a dude in half. The whole end of Braveheart, where they draw and quarter the poor guy. Uh, hangings, burning witches. You know, and they didn't even have violent video games. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but we need we need violent. But it's, but it's the video games, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, dude, when sixty when Nintendo sixty four came out and. Uh, Super Mario 64 came out. I killed all the kittens. <laughs> but uh, but we need we need that to kind of outtake you know our violent tendencies. You know the the why do you not see hear about riots from way back when? It's because because they watched people kill people for a living. Like we have it now in like a lesser extent of football, basketball, and stuff like that. Even horror movies. If you it's a bread and circus mentality, but we need to have it for society to kind of. Uh, 
base control. Mm, okay, and that's you. why, like, like the psychology of horror is basically what that. It's right up there with football. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, like you need to watch someone get hurt. You need to watch somebody, and it kind of gives you. I think you're just trying to slowly explain why you like watching people cry on YouTube. Yeah. I think yeah. you're really just trying to find your justification for liking that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sadist, y'all. <laughs> But no, uh, again, awesome intro. But again, if, if there's if you're looking at the title of this episode, no, I didn't mistitle it. We are going to talk about horror anthologies on this episode, notably Trick or Treat, which I know the most about. But um, the origins of like horror anthologies, uh, would you say really started with something like Creepshow? So your horror anthologies really started with stuff like The Twilight Zone, Outer okay. Limits. Um, See, I love The Twilight Zone growing yeah. up because we had just gotten a dish network mm-hmm. or no direct tv sorry we had just gotten direct tv and that included the sci-fi channel mm-hmm. and there for a bit it was just like every it felt like every saturday or sunday night they would have a marathon of the twilight zone and i would just binge watch that i'm sure maybe some of the episodes don't hold up as well mm-hmm. but i remember just being at the edge of my seat with everyone because it was just such a cool they almost played out more like mysteries than actual like horror and i think that's what was really cool about it yeah uh one of the first ones like in in let's say horror movies uh was the trilogy of terror uh starring karen black uh karen black was a huge part of the horse horror scene she's basically the sherry moon before sherry moon um she she was in so many uh like made for tv movies you know these b-list because all horror movies back then were just b-list movies you right. know, especially in the 70s because uh, then we get like our slashers which kind of brings it up a notch to the a-list you know right when you start getting your uh, friday 13th halloween's you know town the dirt of sundown type stuff uh and and that anthology series is very well done uh it's it's dated a little bit but uh, a 1975 trilogy of terror really is a good one. I didn't see it until later in my life, until I was about nineteen. Okay, but because uh, I grew up watching Creep Show, Tales from the Crypt, and you know the stuff we we grew up with. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you don't start going down that you know back catalog till later in life. Just like music, you know, you don't start listening to back catalog stuff until later in life. Absolutely. Because um, no one's raised on you know album one of Leonard Skinner. <laughs> it's always second helpings or greatest hits. <laughs> No, and, and that's a very fair point. Um, but actually, to that point, I don't have a lot of memory of watching stuff like Creep Show or Tales from the Crypt and stuff like that. Tales from the Crypt was so fun. I remember, I can remember the very first episode is actually the very first episode that I've ever watched. Okay, it it, uh, it started. Um, it was the Electrocutioner. Um, it was a guy who was uh, who electrocuted people for the state, and he loses his job. And he decides to kill people. Uh, As you do. Uh, he started killing bad people. Um, and uh, the guy that plays him is like one of those great no-name actors you've, we've seen all the time. And he was in Tales from the Crypt like four or five times. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, it's uh, like you always remember the face but not the name. Yeah. Um, Ed Sadler. That's his name. Okay. Ed Sadler. Um, great actor. Uh, and that kind of kept Tales of the Crypt, which is actually just a... a uh, a story of the old band comics yep. from the 40s and yes. 50s. And, see, and that's why I always knew about Tales from the Crypt. I was a bigger comic book nerd than I was a horror fan. Mm-hmm. But through that, I kind of drew, started drawing my connections mm-hmm. and the bridges honestly started crossing. Yeah. Like the more I kind of started getting into comic books, mm-hmm. the more I started kind of getting into horror and things like that. Like when I was a young, I was a little pussy kid i did not like any of that stuff i didn't want to see blood i didn't want to see people fighting i was a little round little mush ball but it's like just something eventually clicked between liking like kiss spider-man comic books frankenstein it all kind of cultivated all at once and it's like i kind of found it all at once and went "Ooh, okay i like this weird fantasy and you know what fantasy can be a little dark and it's fun you know that kind of shit and What's funny is like your more blue collar audience, you know, your uh, average family, they would have like let's say HBO, and Tales of the Crypt would be on and be later at night. And the cool thing about Tales from the Crypt is every episode could be a movie. Every fucking episode could be a great horror movie, but they just condensed it down so fucking much, going down even from the first episode. Um, but when you get Trilogy of Terror, what was really cool was. You had George Romero, Stephen King, John Carpenter, 
all these guys come together to make basically creep show uh the the you know i I looked it up i feel like i remember watching this because i definitely remember the little main character yes when you look it up on uh yeah yeah. the, the voodoo doll uh three that was uh, the trilogy of terror had three great horror stories, but they all starred the same care, same person, Karen Black. She played three different people, um, and it was very well done. Uh, a friend of mine showed it to me a while, um, fuck, almost twenty fucking or ten years ago. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was a great, it was a great movie. Uh, and what was cool was you get because of that movie, the bigger guys who started coming up in horror decided saying, Hey, we can make creep show because of this, you know, this has a cult following by that time and creep show, you know, doesn't come out till 1982. Right now. The plan for creep show was we would get three horror directors to make their own short stories into this, this, and this. Right. And their plan was three, three anthology movies. So nine tales of terror altogether. Right. So with creep show, uh, the first one, we get some really good stories uh, from Stephen King, Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get great actors like uh, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, Stephen King actually stars in one of his in, in one of them. Um, Ted Danson is in it, and Leslie Nielsen from like The Naked Gun and yep. stuff like plays a villain. Ooh, a very good villain because people forget that Leslie Nielsen came from television and movies as a villain. He only started doing comedic shit when he got older. Right. Uh, but the Creep Show man had some really good stories. Um, but so what? I, uh, so was there a reason why you were saying originally three? Because uh, reading the little yes. synopsis here, it does say a, a compendium of five short mm. stories. No, so, so movies. So they were going to have three anthology movies. Each one had so many tales. Well, what happened? Uh, same thing with most of our favorite stuff. Production stuff gets them. Producers get involved. Some rights get changed around. But there is uh, kind of a silver lining at the end of it uh, later on after the second movie. Because Creepshow 3, if anybody chances to watch it, take your eyes out. Because that movie is terrible. <laughs> like It's terrible not because of the stories. It's terrible because of the acting. Well, see, I, I feel that way about uh, probably... The only anthology movie I've watched as of recent, aside from the uh, the main one of this episode, uh, that being VHS. Those were fantastic. See, I liked the first VHS. I like all of them. I really did not like the second one, and I remember watching the trailer for the third one and went, nah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I remember loving the first VHS one. VHS 94 was neat. Okay. See, uh, I, I I didn't actually know about that until I started yeah. looking things up for this episode. But yeah, so like you get like VHS your uh, dot cam. I actually saw VHS uh, in theaters. Yeah, when it was being shown, I think that's part of the reason I enjoyed. My it so favorite much. one is the Harpy, where they try to uh, that guy's date rapes that girl. Oh yeah, she's like, she's, I like she you. splits her fucking face open mm-hmm. and then flies up in the air and catches his ass. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. I feel like I remember liking the one that um, I don't remember the details of it. I've only watched it a few times, but uh, there was one with a chick by a pool or like in a house, and something was going on in the house. Oh, aliens. They were attacked by aliens. Yes, I yeah, remember that's, liking that's, that's that the, one. Uh, uh, that's the third third story. Yeah, that's the that, tail end of the movie. I remember kind of liking that one mainly because there were some what the fuck <laughs> moments in it. Like the others just felt like oh shit, that's like, fucking creepy. And of, and the story in between was probably my favorite. Were the people in the hotel room? Uh, no, in the abandoned house where they're viewing the VHS. Okay, tapes. so so the base storyline. Yes, yeah. the base storyline was actually my favorite of the whole thing. That yeah, kept they break me into a break it, they break into a house to find a dead body. Yeah, and then the dead body when they come back, the dead body's gone, and then mm-hmm. the guy's gone, and yep. then it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, that honestly kept me the most engaged out yeah. of all of it because I was just, like, for some of the shorts, I remember sitting through of them going, all right, yeah, whatever, finish this up so we can kind of get some more of that in between story because I like that. Yeah. And then some of the stories, like uh, The Kid in the Woods, mm. that was another good one. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, all right, this, this was pretty neat. Oh, yeah, The Teens in the Woods where she like basically sacrifices them to a static monster. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, that's weird, but I also like, lost. So I haven't, I'll I haven't buy seen it. that in about six years. I still remember every fucking episode. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. <laughs> and like, what's cool is you know you have people who actually do anthology movies, movies that are actually interconnected in a weird way. Uh, John Carpenter did this first with some of his movies. All right, so you have The Thing. What not people realize is The Thing is connected vaguely to his end-of-the-world apocalypse anthology. The other one was Lord of Darkness. Well, how is it vaguely connected? 
each one is a progenitor of because his idea was they're all going to be connected these are all steps to the apocalypse the thing we avert the apocalypse with the thing okay lord of darkness we release satan from the bottle we finally stop him at the tail end starting sam neil and fucking uh, the asian guy from tremors uh, <laughs> I love that actor. Saddest, saddest fucking story I've ever read about an actor. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the third third one, uh, but it was an end of days type thing. Um, but he had made these three movies, and I didn't realize until later on after I read up on them and stuff like that. Like uh, you hear the the horror of Hollywood documentaries and stuff. Like, oh yeah, like Dark Harper. These were all connected in a weird way. He just yeah, never, yeah, like, yeah. Production companies were changed, so like he couldn't do the story quite well. You know, horror movie by committee type shit. Because right. uh, Lord of Darkness is a wild ass fucking movie be a great metal band oh yeah yeah i think it is a metal band I'm, if it's not in norway somewhere they probably died in a forest <laughs> <laughs> taking their photos click <laughs> um and some you know with these horror anthologies you get other ones um like southbound southbound was a cool interconnected uh horror anthology uh and those were actually all connected into one story but they chop it up like a Tarantino film. Oh, but, okay. but each one, each story is contained because it leads into the next story, and timeline wise, they're all concurrent. But they happen; they're all happening at the same time. But you can't tell because they only meet like fly by night kind of thing. See uh, what I like? I've mainly seen this in dramas and comedy, which is, I'm sure as soon as I mentioned the uh, the trope, you're going to name off like two or three horror movies that do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly like the trope of the exact same story but shown from different characters perspective because of course everyone gets split up in a way yeah like clue yeah yeah maybe like clue but uh, i remember um odd pull but i listened to uh someone do a whole breakdown on this and it makes me want to actually go rewatch the show again malcolm in the middle yeah there was a whole episode where it was just getting the kids to school but part of it was do like part of the episode was all Dewey's perspective. Yeah. Another part of it was all Hal's perspective. Another part of it was all the moms, all yeah. Malcolms, and it's like they broke up each part of the commercial break with someone's new perspective. Yeah. And then by the last commercial break, everyone's stories are kind of intertwining, and you're seeing how yeah. everyone is overlapping. Like, wait, why the fuck did that happen? Like randomly in that person's POV, and then later on it's like, oh, because they set that up, and that wound up happening. So it was like all comedy hijinks yeah. bullshit but i think that'd be kind of interesting in a horror film and that actually goes back to like true crime because you're telling the story uh a big one is especially now on netflix okay so we got the Dahmer series all right that's the story of jeffrey Dahmer, told by the people who lived with jeffrey Dahmer, who survived jeffrey Dahmer. then we have the Dahmer tapes him telling people i'm not crazy it's a compulsion so now we get his point of view uh true crime does this a lot because yeah. you get all these uh speculations and stuff like that it's just, uh, especially the jabonet ramsey story which has like 40 fucking perspectives <laughs> i only care about one the cop who said to himself i have 19 bullets in this motherfucking gun i gotta get out of this house so, like that's the one perspective i like <laughs> they're just counting the fucking bullets in their gun just like in the basement with the dead kid and the dad i'm just like oh fuck 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 <laughs> But uh, like we're introduced to the these type of stories very early on with scary stories. Yep. So like that when we're when we're kids we get goosebumps we get these little horror books. Yep. Things that pop up on Nickelodeon and yeah. things like that. Uh, tell uh, uh, tales of the dark. Uh, tales from the dark side. No. 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 Uh, scary stories in the dark or some shit. If you're afraid of the dark. If you're afraid of the dark. That's yeah. What with it those is. fucking kids with the yep. sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you the story about this clown who wins. <laughs> this is like God damn. <laughs> No, I remember watching the Goosebumps show. I think that may have been on like WB int- or something. Cool intro. Yeah, yeah. It was back when UPN was still existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. United Paramount Network. I remember that. Yeah. Now it's just Paramount. Yep. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I definitely remember watching that kind of stuff. And that was around the time, yeah, like I said, I was really getting more into comic books and shit too. Mm-hmm. And which actually kind of ties into probably my favorite of the anthology movies, which is Trick or Treat. And that actually started as a comic series. Yes. Uh, what was really cool is. Also like Tales from the Crypt. Trick or Treat was more of a graphic novel. Okay. The way it was produced and made. It wasn't like a comic just bought off the at the gas station. It was actually a book. Right. Uh, I mean, it was still released issue by issue. Yeah. And 
the level of detail on that because of sort of a short run, mm-hmm. I consider it more of a graphic novel right, because graphic right. novels tend to be more a little bit more produced, like your V for Vendettas, your Sandman, stuff like that. It, it the story is very precise. It's mm-hmm. not a lot of expanded characters like you'd see in our favorite like DC and Marvel type stuff. Like yeah. they're part of it, but very loose. Uh, Trick or treat, you know, when that comic came out, was just another version of. Uh, haunting tales or tales yeah. from the crypt or yep, yep. um uh, houses of horror you know those old oh, old comics God, houses of horror i forgot yeah. about so that. like your old old comics you know that were banned and this yeah. like sold in like back alley shops and shit like that uh so yeah that, that, that's that's where that comes from and actually a uh, shout out uh to uh, our local records uh record comic shop uh heroes are hard to find uh I want to say, I know they had the issues, but I want to say they actually had a card at one point uh, for all their back catalog, and it said, uh, they had in quotes, like, the band, unquote, uh, (laughs) horror comics of the, you know, in the decades. Yeah, back when they had the comics code and stuff like that, which some of that stuff we've talked about before is, like, the villain can't win, a woman can't kill a man, you know. Police have to be shown in a positive light. Yes, the good always has to prevail, Mm -hmm. which is fucking stupid, uh, because that doesn't happen. No. (laughs) Sometimes the cops are the bad guys. Often they are the bad guys. I was about to say, a lot of times they are. (laughs) Yeah. um, And it's really carried on because of Trick or Treat, you know, when that movie came out, uh, it didn't get a lot of a lot of praise when it came out. Uh, it has a has a great cult following, I will say that. Um, but I remember watching that like every Halloween for like three years. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a go to. It's fun. It's gimmicky. Uh, it's all and it's all within a small area, uh, which is really cool because it all just kind of takes place in a small little neighborhood. Yes, and it's one neighborhood's version of Halloween. Right. And everyone's a little bit different. We get some outsiders coming to the town, these young girls. And you're thinking, okay, we see them in passing with that fat kid that, that kind of opens it up. He's mm-hmm. walking through the streets, and he walks down the neighborhood, starts bashing pumpkins. and like a little son of a bitch. Yeah, and he gets and he gets 86th yep. by, by a fucking uh, principal uh, who ends up himself being a villain mm-hmm. uh, who ends up getting his comeuppance by the strange girls in the town the yeah. ones we worried about in the yeah, beginning exactly. uh, Anna Palquin plays the main chick and uh, she's bebopping down the fucking road at dark she's lost technically and cause she cause her friends were fucking around with these guys in a van yeah she's she's a little red riding hood yeah she's a little red riding and the principal is the wolf mm-hmm. pretty much and he fucked up yep which is the great which those are always fan favorites, you know. It's like watching the, the stories of the bully getting his ass kicked or his teeth kicked in. But like, it's like well, it's the it, same thing. Well, so, so we kind of discussed this um, on the uh, CCC podcast uh, mm-hmm. when we briefly mentioned the show, but it's like or the movie. But I think this is the best Halloween movie, and not necessarily the best horror movie, but definitely the best Halloween movie. And the reason why I say that, and because we've even talked about this off mic before, but it's like it perfectly captures that feeling of Halloween when you were younger. Mm. The slight mystery of it. There's not a lot of uh, fantasy outside of ghost elements, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, you still have, uh, you still have like your werewolves. Yeah, but like, like but like so much of the world is still grounded in like some sort of reality, and the mm. things that aren't are seemingly hidden, and people kind of have a blind eye to and don't notice. It's the whole. It's a hallmark version of Halloween. Kind of, yeah. Because and if you don't respect the holiday, you deserve what you get. Exactly. And, and every I like one of that them, too. every one of them, get their comeuppance. Yep. Uh, we get the ghost children who were murdered by the bus driver. Well, what happened to the bus driver? Watch till the end. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, there's a guy. This kid's disrespecting Halloween pumpkins. You know, smashing shit. He gets his. Yep. The woman, uh, the guy who's with his wife, she decides to take the fucking shit down. He's like, what are you talking about? Leave it up. We'll get it in the morning. She's like, no, I want this shit out of my house. He's like, like fine, I'll watch a porno. Yeah, he's like, I'll meet you upstairs. She's like, put in the tape. And this is like, uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, couples watch porn together just to get, just to get riled up. Uh, and it, it kind of, you know, especially in the town. The town itself is celebrating the holiday in full tilt, you know, with the parade, people running around. And that's cool. That's something I didn't really see growing up. Me neither. Uh, the only time I kind of saw something like that was it was before sundown and all the kids were uh, dressed up. And I was standing outside of a tattoo shop 
uh, handing out candy nice. with some buddies of mine because I just got some tattoos done and they're like, hey man, you want to help pass out candy? I'm like, fuck yes, I do because I was like, <laughs> but there was no parade. It was just right. a bunch, like a. It was the most I've ever seen my town full kind of, mm-hmm. other than the, like open concerts they did. Uh, but yeah, yeah I got that small feeling like when we had a dress up day like at school, mm. you know, and all the kids, you know, had our trick or treat buckets, you know, and everyone was dressed up, you know, it was encouraged and shit like that. Yeah. But and that whole group would sometimes meet up that evening to go trick or treating together because yeah. it was such a small town. It was like, well, you know, why don't their classes all kind of meet up in one area and then, you know, hit all the neighborhoods. I went to a middle school Halloween dance when I was in sixth grade. Really? They had Halloween dances. They didn't even It was have a Halloween those. event. Oh, okay. But it was like yeah. a day. It was like a day or just like a lock in. Yeah. And they did it twice. I did it twice um, in sixth grade. Um, mm-hmm. They had what's called a lock in where yep. everybody just kind of stays for a long time in the school. You stay, you used to stay over and, uh, but they were doing like you could walk around the school, you know. Uh, the library was showing Hocus Pocus, I think. Ew. Uh, you could, but it was a double feature. Like right, you right, could right. watch that or like Nightmare Before Christmas or something like that. Which right. I was like, okay. Uh, my <laughs> a little ass, early, but my okay. Ass, my ass would be like found on the computer on like QuicksilverStream.com, just like let me stream the next horror movie if it if the internet's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> give me Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, give me Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was fun. It was you know. It was one of those things where you interact with older older kids too, because yeah. middle school six, seven, eight. So, um, yeah, it was fun. Um, but you know, you still go back to the old trick or treating, you know, which is the you know, part of the holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part of the holiday was actually just eating candy, watching movies. You oh know, yeah, because well, that's all I had. Because you wanted to ramp yourself up, and trick or treat does that. You mm-hmm. know, trick or treat, you know, was a great parallel of what different versions of how people spend Halloween. You know, yep. some people go trick-or-treating, some people go to parties, some people do this, some people do that. Well, yeah, I mean, the very first example was, you know, the couple who decorated their yard, mm-hmm. whereas you clearly saw the neighbor, which was the old man uh, mm-hmm. down the way, clearly did not. Yeah. And then the immediate next-door neighbor was the uh, the dad, and he kind of had his place kind of nicely done, mm-hmm. you know, not too extravagant. He but he it, was the one giving out candy. He kept it simple. Yeah. So he he him and his son were trick or treating, or his son was trick or treating with some friends. This boy shows up, and it was the whole uh, smashing good, the pumpkins. What, what was the good faith box? You know, mm-hmm. everyone. Oh, gets yep, one. yep, yep. And then he's and just he like <laughs> taking all of them, and uh, the kid starts the it, uh, Mr. Peters, I think his name was, mm-hmm. and then he's like. Eventually comes out. He's like, "What oh. are you doing, you fat bastard?" <laughs> yeah, basically. And you see the razor blade in the fucking candy bar. Yep. And it was very well done because he just starts. Bleh, bleh. And I think that's the same fat kid from uh, uh, Bad Santa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The uh, the principal's name was uh, Stephen Wilkins. Yes, because you said the neighbor. Hey, Wilkins. Uh huh. What you got over there? <laughs> He's like looking through the window. What you doing? You burying bodies? Like joking with them. And he's just yeah, like, because after the kid dies of like chocolate asphyxiation, yeah. <laughs> essentially. And, and, and he actually trains his son. Well, you don't find that out till the end. That's what I really like about that first bit because it's like he kills the kid with you know a whole bunch of like what seemed like expanding chocolate because he just started puking chocolate everywhere, blood and chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually he picks him up, drags him to the backyard, digs a hole, bury. It's like in the process of like trying to bury him, the kid's like slowly coming back. So they're implementing the comedy aspect. The yeah. kid's slowly coming back to life, and he's like, "No!" Smacks him in the head with a shovel, yeah. but. Then then, like you said, the old man, his dog starts getting loose. Yeah. And he grabs one of the fingers and he's like, shit. And at that time, there's like the kid is even coming out. Hey, dad. He's like, Shh, shut up. And then at that point, then the old man's coming out. So it's like everything is coming down on him. And you think, and but one thing you're honestly worried about is the kid finding out because you're just like, oh, shit. Then he might have to kill a son. That's not good. And he's like, the son's really getting on his nerves. So you're starting to feel like, oh, shit, he might be getting the axe. As he comes on in, scares his dad. You remember what happens when he finishes burying the body? Yes. As he's walking back in the door, you hear the old man yelling, hey, Wilkins, Wilkins. And then you see him get taken right away from the window. So it also plants that seed of... You might find out what happened there. Because it runs in a very weird concurrent timeline. Because Exactly. In the order of kills, the couple in the beginning are the last to die. Yep. <laughs> the the uh, the Wilkins gets eighty six later on. Mm-hmm. It's probably the, probably the last one because it's deep into the night when mm-hmm. he gets in killed. the middle of the woods. Yeah. So, but I do love the scene though where it's like the kid scares him and he's like, 
let me take you downstairs, son. And that's when your heart drops. You're like, oh, fuck. He's about to kill that kid. And, cool, and, and he's even like grabbing the knife with him. He's like, here, let me show you. And he's just like, we have to make sure the eyes look good. And then it's like, they zoom out and it's like a kid's head. And you're like, oh, fuck. He's grooming this kid to be a serial yeah. killer. This is fucked up. A cool version of this is uh, if you get a chance, watch the movie Hellfest, which is a, a Halloween uh festival that's happening and uh, there's an actual killer in the mm-hmm. park and uh at the very end spoiler alert uh you see the guy's feet which is you know the, the classic you know you never see the killer but you see his feet and he's walking into a house and there's a little girl sleeping on the couch watching horror movies and you're like oh fuck he's gonna kill this little girl it's just like nope daddy daddy and he brings her like a little stuffed animal and it's just like okay yeah i can't hate this man that much even though he 86 like 18 years because he's a family man <laughs> you gotta have respect for the family man michael myers is a family man but no so <laughs> so the reason i actually said this movie to me feels like it's a bit more grounded in reality mm-hmm. is uh one of the moments you asked me about to make sure i mentioned is one of the reasons why i feel that it is more grounded is because wilkins didn't see it mm-hmm he was still completely oblivious to it much like the next scene with the teenager girls Mm -hmm. they go in get their costumes flirting with the boy up front Mm -hmm. and then eventually they run into what we find out later is wilkins and he's doing he's kind of dressed up like a vampire he's already killed a girl yeah he's killed a girl that night and here's the problem he killed the girl rested her up against the sidewalk and and no one noticed and then at one point someone starts yelling this man's a problem or you know starts to yell screaming no one's paying attention no one's none the wiser mm-hmm. so they create the town in such a kind of almost realistic ignorance because here's the thing you got to imagine this is I, f- I forget where they say uh this is or if it actually mentions a town either way it's kind of like a New Orleans type vibe where they've kind of got that big parade going down. So with everyone kind of crowding those cities, no one's going to m- notice a girl just kind of propped up on the sidewalk against the building. Hell, yeah. Dead or in hell. They're probably thinking, oh, she's drunk off her ass already at 10 o'clock and, you know, she's she's sleeping it off. Yeah, so... It, it, I kind of get like a small town vibe from it because all the shops are across, like on the street and stuff like that, like a Hawkins yeah. or a Springfield or a Haddonfield or wherever the fuck Elm Stream is. <laughs> it's like all these all these little mom and pop shops, you know. I will say though, honestly, my least favorite is the teenage girl one, like the way they wrap it up because uh, Wilkins winds up. Um trying to go after her all the the other girls have left the one that was in the red riding hood because you got like the two hot girls and then the one yeah, yeah, kind of uh, cinderella and snow white yeah exactly so this so is you've got like your basic one that's having trouble finding a man but the super slutty ones have already like nabbed their like tv crew guys or yeah. whoever the fuck so that flashes it flashes back to the party where the slutty friends are at and they're making out with the guys all this other stuff and then all of a sudden you see wilkins body drop well you don't know it's him yet but you see his body drop mm-hmm. and they reveal the mask and it's like holy fuck and then she comes in and it's like oh okay this is kind of interesting i'm still sold i'm like all right this is pretty interesting then a version of sweet dreams are made of these start playing as they do the transformations the into Manson. wolves. Yes, yeah, the Marilyn Manson version. That to me sucks any of the fun right out of that really? movie. I like that. I like that because uh, it. it kinda... That's the only moment that if smelled of the time. Yeah. Everything else felt very ambiguous. The moment that song kicked in, I was like, ah. It was it was a song of the times. And That's like, what I'm he, saying. He covered he covered it, he covered it really well, and he did that personal Jesus. Those two songs he yeah, covers. They, they're they're fine covers, but like for that in the movie, it all of a sudden kind of dated it when everything else felt very ambiguous. Well, you kind of get that with like other uh, other horror movies that came out around that time, like um, oh, what was it? Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but anyway, it had that it has that same dated type music in it. Yeah, and it kind of like touchstones the time stamp on it. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was cool just for the fact that he got his at the end. Yeah, yeah. So like, hey, what? 
he he's a realistic predator you know he's a killer blah 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 and it's, and it's just, the guy you would never expect and like the principal and just like the women you expect them to get killed because you, now it's a campfire type party they're in the middle of the woods that fire's gonna die down because they're all drunk and no one's paying attention you're thinking mm-hmm. yeah one of these girls might get fucking killed and, and all might, the, and in and fact all, it might be the weak one yep and, and all the slutty looking girls uh, two of them I think have already gotten got in the middle of the parade by the vampire dude so you know there is a threat so you're kind of worried about them and those her friends are all at that campfire with the with their own guys and then it just goes to hell and as as a person that likes werewolf type stuff and hasn't seen a really good werewolf movie in a very long time uh i I might be getting one soon i fucking hope werewolf by night yeah yeah but i got but it's still it's a marvel thing (laughs) hey i don't know i the the trailer looked pretty good it did it did it did but i want to i want a really good you know genuine genuine like wolfman kind of like uh silver bullet silver bullet was a great uh one except that it does do this weird like fantasy thing like american werewolf in paris where it's just like london uh no american werewolf in paris oh. is the worst one. Oh. <laughs> see i hadn't even that, seen that one i, thought, I thought that was just a slip of the tongue because i was about to mention that, that was movie. made that later on and uh, it's either really really liked or really really fucking hated it <laughs> no, uh, i had it on vhs that one i had all american werewolf in london was funny because it had nazi werewolves <laughs> yeah that's why i was gonna bring that yeah. one up that's, yeah, that's why i was like chris one. i'll have fun with that that's a fun one but uh yeah dog soldiers hell yeah <laughs> um honestly though aside from the very last moment in the movie Mm -hmm. my favorite is the school bus massacre yeah i think that was not even just not necessarily a great story but it was shot very well because what it does is it kind of time stamps it a little bit because you're not quite sure what year it is in the present yeah all right so the present could be between somewhere between 2002 and 2007 that's where it was wilkins uh the old man next door he's very old uh He's trying played by uh, Brian. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. Uh, not I Brian. I have Denny. the IMDb up. He looks like Brian Dennehy, but it's not Brian Dennehy. But anyway, Brian uh, Cox. Brian Cox. Yep. Uh, Brian Cox uh, plays him, and what we see is the long, long ago when Brian Cox was a younger man. He's paid by the town to kill the disabled children. Yes. Um, and he barely escapes with his life in that scene because one of the kids gets up well i like the i like the setup because the kids show up and you know they they meet the weird girl as they call her mm-hmm. but the, but one kid is like super nice to her he's like you know i like i like your costume because the girl is being super bitchy to her the angel yeah but and, but the kid but the boy is just like you know I, I like your costume and eventually it's just like hey be nice to her because it all started as the kid's urban legend mm-hmm. it's like did you not hear about the school bus massacre and then you get the backstory you get, through their narrative. So, so you're, they're displaying three different uh, tropes here: the weird girl, your mm-hmm. Carrie, uh, your super intelligent witch, the girl herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's based off Salwin. You know, she's given the history of Halloween. Someone who urgently respects the holiday yes, because she was the one that explained the you have to respect the jack o and then we get you know the fireside chat while they're going to the quarry which yeah. which kind of lo- i love this because it's it, this could be arlen texas if yes, you wanted it to be exactly. like, like they're just so like everything's so close to each other and that where kids could walk there you know this is a great thing about stranger things stranger things does the same thing they have a quarry mm-hmm. uh, you know they have the small town parade they have the close-knit kids. everything's in a bike distance away yeah everyone rides up geological oddity yeah <laughs> everything's bike right away <laughs> it's fucking bullshit <laughs> um but yeah so it's like they make their way down there you know and then they scare the special girl you know breaks her glasses so they're like you know fuck you fuck you and then someone else starts coming up from the muck yeah and it's like oh shit oh shit and then she's getting away she's getting in the thing and now all of a sudden everyone's begging her it's like please let me in please let me in and she just shakes her head no, drops the key, presses the button, and just mm. goes all the way up. And for the second time, only the second time, I think, in the movie. Actually, no, sorry. You see him a few times, but it's the first time anyone acknowledges the little pumpkin head character. Yeah, Jack. The sack head. Yeah. yeah. This is the first time since she gets off the elevator and looks because he's got a big wheelbarrow of the pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of looks at him. 
they kind of look at each other and then she just kind of keeps walking where every other time you'd see him kind of in the background or like you know on the side of the road doing something as a car went by his name's sam sam that's right yes um yeah so it was really fun to see you know them acknowledge here and there yes uh when the couple come home, he's across the street watching this bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fat kid smashing pumpkins. He's watching, but he knows what's coming. Yeah, you know, and he's like, someone else will take care. He's of He's even at the campfire uh, with the uh, older, uh, the teenage girls, her mm-hmm. werewolf. He's just there chilling. Yep, and he's, he's sitting on and, the log, and he's kind of one of those characters that is just like multispatial, who appears wherever he's needed, uh, much like your Santa Clauses, your Hanukkah monsters. Would you say he is the spirit of Halloween? Yeah. Yeah, he's like an Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. Yeah, um, and it's cool like they have that like he's the embodiment of Halloween because he's very simple looking. He looks like the very first American celebration of Halloween. You know? Yeah, it honestly, uh, burlap it looks like, sack, a kid with candy. Yeah, it looks like a six seven year old with a burlap sack on. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's, and it's really cool because you kind of think about like when you're looking up the old photos of Halloween, which we talk about our myths and legends. They're they're genuinely fucked up looking to yeah. us but back then it was just comic-y and gimmicky because they're all homemade oh yeah even like young, or like early clowns you'd see kids like laughing and having fun with them but you'd see the face makeup and it's like good god almighty that's terrifying or like the uh, homemade uh, mickey mouse masks from like the 30s oh my god it's like nightmare inducing yeah yeah there's a the whole idea of homemade costumes back then you mm-hmm. know because you know this is an irish holiday that's americanized a little bit just like yeah. all other holidays we celebrate um it's it's very important um to have that and it yeah. goes into especially the tail end of the year where we get three major holidays halloween thanksgiving christmas where we're all gathered around the fire mm-hmm. and you know that's that's more human tradition than anything say yep. it's getting cold outside everyone gather around and that's what i really like about some horror movies that do the town that's by itself like kind of kind of strayed off the path a little bit that's alone like a storm of the century does a very good version of this Mm -hmm. um where you can't get in the town and you can't get out of the town yeah you know you're stuck for some other odd reason you're stuck evil dead does this very well within a cabin yeah but uh it, it's it goes back into that mentality we have in our brain that lizard brain of we need to stick together because the night's long and it's and it's rough out here and on and then the, we've got our final bit mm. the last bit and i think you like this one the best because it kind of really touches on all the different plot points to a point mm-hmm. because all of a sudden it f- almost flashes back to the beginning of the movie you got the old man sitting on the chair because, oh, yeah, with the uh, uh, some kids ring the doorbell at the old man's house and the door opens up and it's the dog and they get freaked the fuck out because he's got on like these goggles that make yeah. his eyes green. And it's just a scare tactic for the old man to keep his uh, keep kids away. Mm. And his place is run the fuck down. And that was what I liked about this, because in any other spirit of Halloween, all these people are consequence immediately consequence hey what did the fat kid do he fucked up halloween he got got mm-hmm. this lady took down her holiday decorations too early and was a bitch got yeah. got wilkinson was a dick and tried to murder more women he got got everyone these kids were an asshole yes, yes, to the special kid the great thing about wilkinson's story is he was miserable no, with cre- um, creed yeah the great thing about him was He's miserable with guilt after he kills his kids. That's why his house looks like shit. He doesn't have a family. He's old. He's decrepit. No one wants to talk to him. No one wants to go to his house. So he's feeling the consequence of life. And then only the, and only then does Sam show up and you know gets him. And even the reveal of it was pretty interesting too, because at oh. first you just think it's the crouchy old man. And it's like okay, what's he gonna do? Yeah. And then eventually you see him like burning a box of photos, and one of the photos is all the kids and that's and you it, see the scar on his face that the but that the young bus driver got after he drove the bus yeah. into the quarry and what you're seeing is when you see like you know in a film setting when you see someone start burning these things it's them acknowledging okay i did it i don't care anymore it's probably kind of like no more remorse 
and no more guilt no more guilt and because of that sam is fucking infuriated and goes after his ass uh no no you're supposed to live with this until you die of a heart attack on your couch because (laughs) because sam does insert himself there because while the kids are discussing the flashback and when the bus driver takes the different route as soon as he takes the different route that's when this shows like Sam on the side of the road and mm-hmm. they just happen to pass him. Like they just yeah. show the bus pass and he's just standing there on the side yeah. of the road kind of looking at it. So he inserted himself there all the way back. So even kind of showing that this is a multi-generational Yeah, he's a, pil- he's a pillar in time. Yeah. And a he's constant. A, he's a witness uh, who who's also a judge and executioner. <laughs> um, and and he's I like, just like, you don't feel guilty about this anymore? Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you got it, you. You were serving a life sentence, but now you're getting the death penalty. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it, it kind of it gets it gets what's kind of delayed and reserved, but also you know he lived a life of loneliness. Well, even that whole final. I'll kind of call it a final fight was set up really well because you really didn't know what was going to happen. Oh yeah. Because there was a few times the old man got the leg up, but then there was like, you know, Sam was throwing, you know, glass on the ground and, you know, really debilitating him. He sticks Sam in the fucking head and you're like, Oh fuck, he killed that motherfucker. Yeah. And then you find out he's a pumpkin head. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a pumpkin head, Uh, which is very, you know, very needed, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't kill the spirit of the Halloween. Yeah, because it's like after he gets blown up, I think one of the really cool scenes I thought, because uh, they use practical effects, um, was he like chopped his hand off or something mm. and like the hand like went across the room and like you see sam kind of look up at it and then like like the thing or uh yeah the thing in uh the monsters no yeah yeah adam, he family. Kinda, adam family yeah hops up and just kind of like starts walking back yeah. to him and then he's like puts his little nub out and it like reconnects he like looks up at it kind of gives him the little fist and he's just yeah. like Whoa! yeah he's just freaking out <laughs> he's I like i can't kill this son of a bitch but the reason i thought it was such a satisfying fight is all that back and forth and then what winds up getting him away is he gets him into the living room the kids got the um sam's got his broken off lollipop that he's already yeah, taking a, a bite a, off of shiv. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's lifting it up against this old man's head he's about to bring it down presumably in his eye and oh no his chest he was about to slam it down into his chest but what winds up happening is there's a candy bar on his chest mm. Lands on the candy bar. He notices, pulls it up, takes a bite, walks out of the room. And it's just like, oh, shit. That's interesting. You know, all right. Well, the old man just got beat up real fucking good. You know, all right. This has a pretty satisfying ending. And then, you know, it shows kind of like, you know, I think it was the following year or something like that. No, it was like the next later that night. That's what it later was later that night. That night. Um, he opens the door and because trick or treaters are showed up, but yeah, it's, but but it's real kids and he's yeah. like he's being nice, but he's all bandaged up and he's like here you have all my candy, you know, and he's hey, like Mr. Creator, really, you're a mummy. He's like <laughs> shut up, kid, you know, and just <laughs> gives a little bit more candy. So it's like he's finally you think he's that's his punishment. It's like okay, well the old man is finally embracing Halloween. Mm-hmm. All is good. He shuts the door. He pets his little dog again and all that stuff. Ding, 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 ding. You see a little happy surprise look on his face. He whips back around, opens the door. All the mummy kids, all the dead kids from the school bus. Yeah, the swamp kids. Yeah. And it just ends right there. Mm. You don't see them kill them, but it's like you presume because yeah. it ends on that ha, 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 yeah. <laughs> Halloween yeah. music. And it's, it's a great, it's a, it's kind of a great, uh, you know, it's a great anthology series. You know, it's, it's, it reminds me of Krampus. Yeah, which because, I was gonna say. Hey, there, there's your uh, CCC episode yeah, for yeah, uh, Halloween. Like, I mean, the, Christmas. Yeah. So like, it, it's the consequence of a holiday of mm-hmm. not respecting the holiday. And what's funny is, you know, Halloween and Christmas are pretty much, in a weird way, super related to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so opposed, but so related. So, so both both ideas of what, how how we celebrate both holidays come from you know Ireland, especially with the tree. Even though the Bible says don't do that, uh, uh, don't do a lot of things. Uh, don't eat pork. Don't eat pork. Uh, Although that's Old Testament, so uh, I can't. It's before you had the kid. He uh, <laughs> had a kid and mellowed out. Yeah, mellowed out. All that, all that fire and brimstone just went out the fucking door. It was so sacrilegious. <laughs> I'll do a Bible study episode every Sunday. Oh God! Every Sunday before Russ comes over. But uh, so, like, we we get these these 
weird Americanized holidays. You know, yeah. Ireland was, you know, Halloween is Hollow's Eve on Hollow's Day, which is number first. Uh, so we're celebrating an eve of a holiday with Samhain. Uh, Samhain is uh, a lot of other cultures, you know, respect the or day dead, of the dead. You know, the version of Day of the Dead. Uh, um, Hispania, um, a lot of Latin cultures have the Day of the Dead. Mexico celebrates a great big holiday on that. Um, oh, yeah, their parades are nuts to dude. the point where Disney made a movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and and you're like, and it was sad, and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it is sad. All Disney movies are sad because the, uh, Disney doesn't believe in two uh, full family household. Uh, <laughs> but um, they, the way we celebrate them is a lot different from when they originally celebrated. You know, right. even now it's celebrated different from when we were kids. Absolutely, when our parents were kids. You know, it's 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 become kind of a perversion, you know, and not a like a too bad of a way uh, to where. Hey, when do we start seeing Halloween stuff? Uh, mm. Probably September. When do you start seeing Christmas stuff? October first, J- July. <laughs> <laughs> like it's no, dude. Seriously, uh, me and my girl, we went to the uh, Target that's right down the road because mm. uh, she's super excited about Halloween, and we were just wanting to see if they had like any of the decorations or any of the little small stuff kind of scattered about. And yeah, they had started like putting up their Halloween shit. No fucking lie, in the back corner were christmas lights and like they started putting out christmas shit at the exact same time they were putting out halloween shit yeah. and both of us just got un, un, unreasonably just annoyed by that we were just what the fuck <laughs> so no yeah. I, I remember halloween even when i was younger just had a lot more of that feeling of what trick-or-treat had and i think that's the reason i liked it because the movie it was even shot on, I believe it was shot on film. So it has even that natural grain to it. The colors were very orange and red heavy. And I remember as a kid, Halloween being very orange and red. Yeah. And like what, only recently have they introduced the greens and purples more. Yeah. So that uh, that's more of an actually Midwest aesthetic um, with the greens and purples uh, because of what grows out there, which is lavender. You know, uh, but what's really funny is the way this kind of shows the different ways people celebrate Halloween. Uh, you got your crotchety Mr. Creed who doesn't respect the holiday. You got your couple who played along with the holiday until they didn't. Mm-hmm. You got the kids who the guy's excited, the girl's yeah, a little like, yeah, so, we're, we're done with your little yeah. kids' Halloween." You thing. got the kids who are going to play a trick, uh, and then the trick goes too far. Uh, uh, Creed survives because he supplies a treat haphazardly to the spirit of Halloween, mm-hmm. and then he gets killed. Yeah. Uh, so it it's very elaborate in the way that they do the storytelling. I think, and the more you watch it, the more you kind of notice little things. Oh yeah, and I think that's the reason why I like watching it at least like once a year. I think this is going to be year three or four of watching it at least once mm-hmm. a year. And again, I notice new little things every time. It is one of those movies where it's the details that count. And I think that's very important in life and in storytelling, where the tiny details really make something feel more genuine. Like, for instance, the uh, Krieg's house being mm. so run down and lived in. He could have just had a regular old house. Mm. But the detail they went into making that place look old or either scouting a place that no. really looked old. It's that kind of detail that adds to the realness of the story and kind of keeps you engaged. And I think some of the best like horror movies you could watch for the season are all that take place in fall. Uh, and a lot of them are anthology series. Yeah, and like you get these. You 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 want to make sure if you're going to do something for the Halloween season, it has that you know the leaves are falling. It's a little chill in the air. It gets real cold at night, and. There's a there's a semblance of camaraderie with your friends or mm-hmm. family that kind of goes to a darker end. Yeah, and you need that for any type of Halloween esque movie. Um, which was kind of like what's great about the movie Halloween is because it plays on the fear. Uh, one of the great myths of that we actually skipped over was the predator. Mm. There's a predator out there during Halloween's going after your kids. Mm-hmm. This stranger in the town that no one seems to know because everyone's wearing a costume. Yep. Everyone's wearing a mask. You can't see what who true people are, which is why I think Halloween gets a bad rap to begin with is, is these people showing who they want to be during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, put, you kind of put on like 
in a weird way, you put on a facade during the holiday season between Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas where you have to put on this face of like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, that, that thing you, that people don't want to do, which is give. Yeah. No one wants to give any goddamn thing. Because <laughs> uh, it's just nature. You know, you, you're handing out candy. You're handing out food. You're handing out gifts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a progression of money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it starts with the five dollar bag of candy, then yeah. it gets to the forty dollar meal or part of the meal that you're going to supply for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and we're raised, you know, we're raised on that as children. Yeah. You know, when it comes to you know, what myths do you believe? You know, the myth of the tooth fairy. Yes, I give a part of myself for money. <laughs> what does that sound like? <laughs> it sounds like breaking my goddamn back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you go to you go to strangers for a treat, you know, and you go from candy to money to things, you know. It's just like it's a nice progression of how we keep people in line in society. <laughs> I know I have a very askew version of this, but you know. Well, also uh, to kind of wrap this part up, um, talking about horror anthologies, do you consider an anthology a self-contained one movie of multiple parts? Or is a horror anthology also, say, three separate movies? So, in a way, both. But okay. they have to be interconnected in a way that we understand. Well, let's say Halloween 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Halloween 1, 2, yeah, that's an anthology. The third one has nothing to do with that fucking movie. Right. That's why I wanted to and use that And here's something one. that's going to piss people off. Season of the Witch is a good Halloween movie. The holiday movie. Season of the Witch is a great holiday movie celebrating Halloween like trick-or-treat. Okay. It's the same thing. It yeah. just has nothing to do with Michael Myers, but it's a fun thing. Silver Shamrock. I hope everybody has that burned into their skulls yep. while we're listening to this. Silver Shamrock. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but, like, it is it is a villainous, you know, story of Halloween. You know, yeah. Everyone buys these masks from this OCP-type corporation. It's literally the bad guy from RoboCop who's yeah. the bad guy. So, well, like, well, what about, like, Friday 1, 2, and 3? Friday 1, 2, and 3... Is a great story, which they kind of did with a new Friday the Thirteenth remake, where they put all three movies together. Yeah, uh, yeah, those those are technically anthology series because they kind of keep a, a linear timeline until you get to X. Yeah, uh, where he's in space. In space. I was just about yeah. to do that. And like, so I consider those more of just series anthology. You know, when we think of anthologies, you know, we think of Creep Show, Tales from the Crypts, stuff like that. That that their niche, scary stories to tell in the dark, you know, their niche is to tell multiple stories of horror tales in a short version. Yeah. Uh, tales from the Dark Side is actually what was supposed to be Creep Show 3. Okay. Uh, if you get everybody gets a chance, um, it's a great... Debbie Harry's in it. Okay. Debbie Harry's, uh, Kirsten Slater, uh, Steve Buscemi, um, quite a few. And then it's like those... Great, great source because it's self-contained. It's in a, it's just a small little amount. Uh, a great one is uh, the one with Adrian Barbeau, the creature in the box in okay. the creep show, where it's like, "Hey, I got this thing, and it's in a box. It's a monster, and his nagged fucking wife. It's just like you're useless. Yeah, fu-. it's Hal Holbrook, and he <laughs> throws her ass in the box, <laughs> and he, she gets eight. <laughs> like that's 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 a great story, you know. But it's self-contained within thirty minutes. Yeah, Ted dancing gets killed by Leslie Nielsen. Oh, comes shit. back as the zombie and kills his ass. Nice. Great fucking story. <laughs> Stephen King finds a meteor that takes over his body. I feel like I remember yeah. seeing clips of that Ooh, one. wowzers. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> and he just starts, he becomes overgrown into like a swamp thing looking motherfucker. And you got the guy who is super about cleanliness and finds a bug in his apartment. And then it's more bugs oh, and shit. more bugs. Uh-oh. And it's just a overflow of roaches coming out of his faucet. Like <sighs> that's, that's, that's a great series. And like, it's all self-contained within 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why Tales from the Crypt can do it a great job because they can do it in less than an hour. Right. But when we go to like Southbound, you know, same thing. Uh, it's contained within a linear storyline. It's just shown different perspectives like Pulp Fiction. Um, Pulp now, Fiction is technically an anthology. <laughs> okay, yeah. What about um, the Grindhouse double feature? Same. Same. If you watch them as a double feature. Well, yeah. The I, problem, I was thinking the pro- of the one specifically from like the mid 2000s The Planet Terror and the uh, Death Proof and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the problem with those were they got released at two different times, mm. but within like two weeks or three weeks of each other. So there's no I way. I thought that you were even playing as a double feature in theaters. Ours didn't show them as a double feature. Ours showed them as a single. Oh, okay. And which is fucking stupid. Yeah. That That's is why they weird. got shut down. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you can watch it in, in a sitting, yeah. 
and what's the great time to do that? Halloween. Oh yeah, baby. We're not going to work. You know, we're just like we're handing out candy and watching horror movies. You yeah, know? and it, it's it's kind of great. Uh, because uh, when I had my nieces with me one time, uh, especially uh, the older one, uh, they left me home alone with her. I'm just like, okay, we're we're not watching this bullshit. So I just like click the click the thing. I put on Evil Dead. Yeah. And because it's she was very very young, like one. Uh, so the red, black, and white colors really caught her attention. And it's just like after they blow that chick's head off against that fucking post, and the, her mom comes in. I'm like, what are you watching? I'm like, we're watching Evil Dead. <laughs> Because it's what they're my nieces. We're gonna watch what we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch I want to get, and introduce them because the video store doesn't fucking exist anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show them some scary shit. Uh, and they, they've actually kind of adapted to it pretty well. I will say the younger one is a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> That's what happens. Oh man, she's she's a thug. She'll fuck somebody up. <laughs> Shout out to her. Listen to this years old. She's gonna be white knuckling a fucking steering wheel, hitting people with her car. She wants to be a cop. Oh boy! <laughs> oh man! Well, I guess that is a pretty good place to kind of end our episode on anthology movies. What would you say your favorite of the anthology movies are? So mine's already Trick or Treat. Yeah, so uh, probably Tales from the Dark Side, just because of how well it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Creep Shows are always a classic good one. Don't watch number three; it's it's terrible. <laughs> uh, but Creep Show one, two, and Tales from the Dark Side are a good one. Another one that's actually kind of a a special one in my heart is Tales from the Hood. <laughs> Tales from the Hood is probably one of the better anthologies because of how fucked up you get the story of Crazy K, slave puppets, uh, the uh, the civil rights leader who gets killed and comes back as a demon. So, oh like, god! It, oh god! It's fucking awesome. Uh, the soundtrack is fantastic. <laughs> I sat here with Cap and watched it. He's just like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, but yeah, Tales from the Hood always a classic. <laughs> Oh, God. So I guess on that note, this has been another awesome episode of Spooky Couch Potatoes. And Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? Hand out full-size candy bars. Yes. Don't don't nickel and dime these fucking kids like a bunch of assholes. Give them real Halloween. Handfuls. I want to see handfuls in them bags. <laughs> I don't want to see you in a church parking lot handing out Bible verses and fucking knickknacks. Nah. 